0: Nicola Everett.
1: Hello, hope you're okay and looking forward to the weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Friday, October the 7th. We've got plenty coming up in today's episode, including a guide to everything going on this weekend. Plus, a look ahead to Gillingham's next game and some really important travel news for you for over the next few days. But first, it's claimed a block of flats in Gillingham is being neglected and has become infested with mice, leaving one mum's children too scared to sleep in their own beds. Well, at Kent Online today, you can see video of the rodents at St Albans Close, which is off Pier Road in the town. The council say they're aware of the situation and are investigating. Well, Amy Tregenna wrote this story and joins me now. Amy, thanks ever so much for being on the podcast. What have people living there told you then? One mum of four told me that the mice have been there since she moved into the flat in 2018. She said that her children are petrified of the mice and at their worst, there are about five or six mice per room. She said that this summer a mouse even jumped out of her two-week-old son's travel cot. Another resident, a mum of two, told me that the mice used to run between her children's legs while they were eating dinner. She had to get a cat, which has reduced the problem, but they still get mice anyway. And I mentioned the video on the website. Can you just describe in a bit more detail to us what it shows? The video shows a few different clips of mice running around the mum of four's apartment, where they hide amongst her children's toys and jump through childproof gates. And there's even a moment that one mouse runs underneath her bed. So what's being done to try and tackle the problem? The mum of four said that the council has sent in pest control and she's also spent a lot of her own money on traps, poison and filling the holes. She said that the contractors have been helpful but no matter what they do the mice just keep coming back. Poison and traps don't stop them and even when they fill the holes the mice just find somewhere else to chew through. The mum of two said that she had to get a cat even though she doesn't particularly like them because it was the only way to get the mice to even reduce in numbers. Amy, thank you ever so much again and you can read Amy's story in full and see that video by heading to the website
0: Kent Online News.
1: Some other top stories for you today and a man who threatened staff with a kitchen knife he'd taken from a shelf at an Asda in Swanley has been jailed. Armed officers quickly arrived and arrested James Cable, who claimed he'd stab someone if police didn't turn up to the store last Friday. He was also found with a craft knife. The 33-year-old from Warwickshire has been locked up for a year. A man's been flown to a London hospital after being attacked in Folkestone. He was found lying on the ground with a hedge injury in New Street yesterday afternoon. Police, paramedics and the air ambulance were called to the scene. Officers say investigations are ongoing. A doctor's surgery in Sittingbourne has been rated inadequate for a second time. Inspectors had first raised concerns about waiting times and standards of care being provided by Greenport Medical Centre in January. They went back to see if improvements had been made but found there were still issues putting people at risk. Police are investigating a suspected arson attack in Dartford Town Centre. A fire broke out at an unoccupied building on Lowfield Street near the Priory Shopping Centre in the early hours of this morning. Three fire engines were sent to tackle the flames and we're told no one was injured. Now, some parents in Kent say their children can't get to school because of a lack of bus passes in the county. It comes as a thousand weren't issued in time for the new term last month. There are also concerns about limited services and overcrowding following a number of routes recently being axed. Helen Ackerman is from Seven Oaks, and she says her children are facing problems. He
2: goes to school in Tunbridge Wells. We live in Seven Oaks, so he gets to Go Coach TW1. Um, at I went to apply for it at the end of July pass as always by the deadline and the KCC website said there's changes to the buses check that there is a bus that your bus is running before you buy a pass so I checked and at that point there were no buses running they'd all been cancelled to Tunbridge Wells so I didn't buy a pass because they're 500 pounds he's in the sick form so it is 500 pounds um, I waited and waited until I knew that buses were going to run at the end of August As soon as I knew there was buses running to Tunbridge Wells, I bought a pass. Um, But it didn't arrive in time. So they give the two weeks grace period, that's fine. But once that was over, the pass still hadn't arrived. So I've ended up having to pay again for him to travel. Uh, £500 is a lot of money. And what other business in the entire world would you spend £500 and a month later still not received what you've been told you would what you've bought so I've had to pay extra for it and there's no way of getting a refund on that
1: so what would you say to the council if if you were sitting here speaking to them right now what was it you'd say to them
2: I'd say in this 21st century why on earth is there not a system in place that you can email a pass that you can do a temporary pass anything and this whole thing is their fault in the first place for cancelling the buses or you know allowing this situation to arise where people have been spending out money and then paying twice and I would like a refund for the double payments that we've made for a couple of weeks now and i know that your daughter had been experiencing
1: some difficulties on the buses as well can you tell me what she was going through as well
2: her pass wasn't a problem i knew there was buses to seven oaks so i'd applied for hers in the deadline it arrived on time her issue is the overcrowding on the buses I mean, the first few weeks, there was plenty of times the bus turned up and didn't pick up children from our stop because it was too full. Um, They did eventually send replacement buses, but far too late. They were getting into school late every day. Um, The biggest issue she had this week was she was on the S7 um, going to school and it was so crowded that she was rammed up against the front door. And then the bus stopped at the last stop before school to let a child off. And when the doors open on the bus, they open into the, they come sideways into the bus. And she knew as soon as the bus stopped that the door was going to open onto her um, and she couldn't get out of the way. She tried to move some kids out of the way, but they were all rammed in so tightly that she couldn't move these kids out of the way. So when the door opened, it went over her foot So her foot was squished under it. So she's sort of saying, out, 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 out. The driver could see what was happening and he was sort of saying to her, are you all right? Are you all right? She couldn't answer him because she was in so much pain that if she'd said anything, all she wanted to do was scream. Uh, She eventually got her foot out. Um, She got off the bus because there was a child trying to get off and about 50 of them have to get off the bus in order, because they're so crammed in, to let this girl out. They all filed back on the bus. She didn't want to get back on the bus because it hurt so much. All she wanted to do was cry. And she's 14. She doesn't want to cry in front of a whole bus full of people. So she stayed off the bus. Again, the driver was really nice to her. And he was like, are you all right? Are you sure you're all right? Um, She couldn't talk to him because she was in so much pain. So she just sort of waved at him to signal, yes, she was okay. Um, The bus drove off. She burst into tears and then she just... Hobbled the rest of the way into
1: school. Thanks to our colleagues over at KMTV for that story. While Kent County Council say the cases of children without passes largely relate to applications made after the deadline.
0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with
1: car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. The number of people in hospital with COVID in Kent has risen for the second week in a row. 240 patients were being treated in the county on Wednesday, up from 146 the previous week. Figures show coronavirus cases have also gone up by just over a quarter in the seven days to last Saturday, but deaths have dropped. Figures show more than 5,100 court cases are waiting to be dealt with in Kent. Lots of jury trials were suspended during the pandemic and now barristers are out on strike. Some victims have been left waiting three years for justice. Well, two new Crown Court judges have been hired to help reduce the backlog. However, we'd love to hear from you. If you've been affected by this, perhaps you're a victim of crime or indeed you might be waiting for a court case to take place. You can drop us a message, news at thekmgroup.co.uk is our email. It's claimed tensions are rising at a processing centre for asylum seekers in Thanet. A union representing Border Force officers says a short-term holding facility in Manston has run out of food and water on some days and isn't able to access the growing numbers of people crossing the Channel in small boats. They've blamed the government, but the Home Office insists the situation is under control and enough resources are available. Meantime, a man's been arrested on suspicion of bringing asylum seekers across the channel in small boats. The 30-year-old was detained during a police raid in Surbiton in southwest London this morning. He's thought to be part of a group of people smugglers coordinating the movements of refugees from France to the UK. People unhappy about a new drive through opening in Folkestone say they'll be keeping a very close eye on traffic and litter problems. The McDonald's is the third in the town and is being built in the Tesco car park in the Cheriton area. Plans were initially thrown out before being overruled by the planning inspectorate. Now, after this summer's drought, people living in a village near Deal are angry that a water leak still hasn't been fixed for four months. Residents on the street in Sholden say supplies have been streaming along the road since June. Southern Water have been to investigate, but say it's been caused by a blocked drain, which the council needs to clear. Well, Derek Wanstor is a local councillor, and he's been speaking to our reporter, Sam Lennon.
3: Over the last four months... There's been a leak into the drain across there mm-hmm. and although highways, southern water have all been involved over those four months uh, there's been no result from the water and it's clean water going into the drain which southern water have confirmed. The main pipe's been checked, there's no leakage in the main pipe evidently So the water must be coming, we presume, from a pipe going into one of the bungalows but then it runs out of the drain. When you take the um, asking people to cut back on the uh, water use, the gallons that have been uh, lost over this leak must be massive. Mm. So it's a waste of water you think? Oh, definitely a waste of water, definitely. The leak is there when we've had no rain whatsoever and the highways, uh, after it was reported first on the 15th of June, although it was running beforehand, there's no action from highways uh, or southern water to try and, you know, resolve the problem. It runs on people's driveways and uh, when you get into your car, you're standing in water to get into your car. Um, People are just fed up with no action.
1: The council say they will investigate and carry out any repairs that are needed. Meantime, bottled water has been handed out to hundreds of residents in Medway after a burst main cut-off supplies. Taps have been running dry around Hempstead since the early hours of this morning. Engineers are working to fix the leak on Lidsing Road and Southern Water have apologised to their customers.
0: Kent Online reports.
1: Bomb disposal experts have been called to a Kent village after what's thought to be a wartime device was found. It was discovered by a handyman behind a bench in a stable along Ducks Court Road in Who, The MOD have been called and were due to put an exclusion zone in place while the munition was checked out. A Rochester-based charity is giving families a place to reflect on baby loss as a week of events gets underway. Making Miracles is launching its Standing Together in the Rain campaign at St Margaret's Church in Rainham on Sunday pink and blue umbrellas will decorate the church and the charity is encouraging grieving families to write the names of their lost babies on hearts and stars I've been chatting to Kelly Wells who's from the charity
4: it's lovely you know when I walked in I was completely overwhelmed by it I knew what we were doing um but the people that were obviously working through the night bless them to get those umbrellas into those sit into that ceiling um just it, it's breathtaking when you walk in I felt like I was on some kind of Disney film you know it's like magical and to have that amount of people coming through the doors of the church which is really important as well because a lot of people see the church as religion and you know I've got to be Christian or go to church to go along that is not the case at all you know the vicar Nathan Ward is very much of the opinion that the church is a a community building and it should be used as such and everyone of every single walk of life faith religion whatever is welcome there so to get such a diverse range of people and also we had an elderly couple that came in who lost 50 years ago but they weren't allowed to do stuff like this and that was just so poignant for me because they'd never written their baby's name down before And for them to write down his name and feel able to do that and in a safe space that they can finally grieve properly and be allowed to process that and it's not hush hush was just so amazing for us to be there and be a part of. It was just so touching.
1: Yeah, that's really incredible because for an awful lot of people, as you say, they might have tried to, I don't know, suppress their feelings about it. But as you say, it doesn't go away. And it's years later that it's come out. And obviously for that couple, it was still a, a very raw Topic yeah. that they hadn't spoken about before. And as we mentioned, there was a, a huge taboo a, around baby loss in the past and I know we've spoken about how it's been difficult over the pandemic as well because obviously a lot of people couldn't meet up and maybe have those discussions that they would have done ordinarily have you seen that now hopefully the worst of that is behind us people are now uh, seeking support
4: oh yeah I think they're seeking support and people in the pandemic were desperately trying to it's just so hard to get it because you know we weren't allowed to do face-to-face counselling and things like that We did what we could in the pandemic, but certainly since then, um, particularly with our support groups, we were getting people that came along to our support group, our face to face support group that we run. Um, They were coming along and a lot of those people actually lost during the pandemic, but didn't have that support at that time. So they came along a little bit later. But I do feel like we're. Over the worst of that wave now. I feel like a lot of the people that needed it have definitely come to us and definitely got it now. We recently, well, six months ago, we launched a podcast. So that's very much a tool for anyone that wants to get that support, but doesn't quite know if counseling's for them or lives a bit out of our area. It's an accessible self help tool that they can actually get a bit of not feeling so isolated, not feeling so alone, and being united in grief together again. So with Baby Loss Awareness Week, we're actually going to run our podcast every day of the week to make sure they've got somewhere to tune into and something to listen to. And so they feel supported, even if they're at home on their own.
1: Fantastic. Because as you say, for an awful lot of people, they perhaps do feel very isolated, don't they? And aren't too Mm -hmm. sure where to turn. And maybe, as you say, just listening to something will bring that bit of comfort. They may not need to go to a group and speak to an an awful lot of other people because everyone deals with this, this sort of thing differently, don't they?
4: Definitely. It's a very individual pathway. Through grief. And, you know, that's something that we try and do at the charity. We try and provide these services because a one a one size fits all isn't appropriate here. And people can dip in and out of our services as and when they want to, if it's relevant for them and if it's something that they feel they want to do at that time.
1: I suppose when we talk about baby loss, we, we think immediately about the parents of that particular baby. But obviously, this affects the much wider family. Do you hear from maybe siblings perhaps older siblings or from grandparents as well I mean is there support for those people available too?
4: Yeah we are the only UK charity that delivers support for the whole family so we support parents both together and individually if they want to be seen individually we also support grandparents and we also support siblings through play therapy if they're you know if they're little children. Um, During the week on our podcasts we've actually got interviews with couples with nans with um, a lady talking about her experience of a child going through play therapy. So all of these kind of things are very accessible for people to listen to and to find out about if they need to do that and they need that kind of support for their family.
1: And your website details, Kelly, if anyone wants to look you
4: up. Our website is www.makingmiracles.com. .org.uk and you can follow us on Facebook.
1: And throughout baby loss awareness week some of Kent's landmarks including Rochester Cathedral will be lit up pink and blue. Some important travel news for you now as you may already know it's the second day of a strike by some bus drivers in Kent. More than 600 Arriva workers based out of depots in Gillingham, Gravesend, Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells are walking out as part of a pay dispute. They'll also strike for two days next week. Now there's a warning for drivers because part of the m20 is going to be closed this weekend works being done on a bridge that runs over the motorway between junctions 10a for ashford and 11 for western hangar it'll be shut london bound from nine tonight until five on monday morning coastbound will only be shut overnight tonight but a 50 mile per hour speed limit will be in place and two lanes will be closed over the weekend Part of the A249, meantime, is going to be closed again over the next couple of days as work on the huge redesign of the Stockbury roundabout continues. Now, you won't be able to travel south towards Maidstone between Bobbing and Stockbury from 8 tonight until 5 on Monday morning. Now, closures are happening right up until just before Christmas. Don't forget, you can get updated travel info via our travel blog on the website. You can also tune in to hear regular updates over on our sister radio station, KMFM. FM. And finally a reminder there's another rail strike in Kent tomorrow. Members of the RMT are walking out which means very few services will be running in the county. They're calling for a wage increase to reflect the rising cost of living. The disruption will continue into Sunday with trains starting later in the day.
5: Kent Online reports.
1: Now we've got a new addition to the podcast for you with a look at everything that's going on in the county over the next few days. Is our feature writer, Sam Laurie.
5: This weekend marks the real start of pumpkin picking season, which has become such a popular trend these last few years. So we're expecting loads of people to be heading out to Kent's Pick Your Own Pumpkin Patches for the rest of the month. We've got a guide to the best pumpkin patches in the county on our website, so you can find out where your nearest one is on there. There's also some great theatre happening this weekend. Lay is still at the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury and it'll be there until the end of this month. I've been to see it and it's unbelievable, so I definitely recommend catching it if you can, and we've got a review online as well if you want to find out more. Also, Strictly Ballroom, starring Kevin Clifton and EastEnders' Maisie Smith, is on until Saturday night at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley. I actually talked to Maisie about the show as it's her musical theatre debut and she had such amazing things to say about how it was all going and plus she revealed why the Bromley shows would be particularly special for her so you can read all about that online. For families, David Walliam's Demon Dentist, that's the latest of his books to be adapted for the stage, is on at the Orchard Theatre in Dartford and for comedy fans, Kerry Godliman, who you might recognise from shows like Afterlife and Derek, is bringing her own stand-up show to the Brook Theatre in Chatham tonight. And speaking of famous faces, Stacey Solomon is signing copies of her new book at Waterstones in Bluewater on Saturday. She's got over 5 million followers on Instagram, so I expect that's going to be a busy one. I must admit I do love seeing her DIY hacks on social media myself. And finally, we've got a couple of festivals taking place this weekend. There's the Medway Music Festival, which celebrates bands and artists from the Medway towns and local areas. And there's also the Railway Beer Festival, which is hosted by the Spa Valley Railway and the West Kent Camera. That's happening for the 11th year this year, and it gives guests the chance to sample real ales and ciders on the steam trains or at the stations. So whether it's music, theatre, drinks or pumpkin picking, there's loads to see and do in Kent this weekend.
1: Sam, thank you ever so much. And just a couple of other things to mention. Ten businesses in Kent have made it into this year's Good Hotel Guide. The Dog at Wingham, Heaver Castle b and and Albion House in Ramsgate are all listed. You can see the full list by heading to the website today. And a pub in Hythe that's been shut since April is going to reopen. This is one of our most read stories today. The owners of the paper duck in Ashford have taken on the King's Head in the High Street. It's currently being refurbished and should welcome customers later this month.
3: Kent Online Sports.
1: Football and Gillingham will be hoping to make it two league wins from two this weekend. They're travelling to take on Crew Alexandra following a 1-0 win over Sutton United last Saturday. Tomorrow's opposition are six places above the Jills in the League Two table. Boss Neil Harris has been chatting to our football reporter Luke Cordell. The problem we've had
6: since I've been at the club is getting injuries in the same position. Yeah. So if you think last year attacking options was zero, <laughs> um, sort of to fit around... Dane Oliver and Charlie Kelman last year, we didn't have sort of an option anywhere else to be honest. So and even trying to find players slightly further up the pitch, we didn't quite we could never get Ollie Lee further up the pitch because we just didn't have any midfielders. So we was very light in that area. And then this year we, we struggled in the middle of the park. Um, so it's just finding solutions all the time and moaning about it, it's not gonna help <laughs> It's not gonna enable me to sign a player moaning about it. It's just not players available to bring in. So um, you need some luck with the injuries. You, yeah. you definitely need luck that if you pick up a centre half injury, then a winger, you, you can get around it. But if you pick up three, if you pick up Ollie Lee, Stuart O'Keefe, Ben Reeves, Dom Jeffries, and Sean Williams in centre of the park at the same time, then you are, you know, you're light in the middle of the park. Yeah. You have to find ways to negate around that. Um, try and use a bit of experience, but then. Take your best guess sometimes as well, so yeah, if you need a little bit of luck, of course you do. Um, um, yeah, fingers crossed for the weekend. We get, get no more. Yeah, and no dodgy ones
3: like the for one. Did you have any sort of strange injuries
6: in your career um, that you can think of, or was it? No, uh, I would say I was, I was quite lucky personally. Um, like I said, I've had some strange ones since since managing. Um, I had some strange ones. I think it's just modern. One the I didn't notice as a player, on the yeah. teammates, but um, so as a manager, you tend to obviously remember everything. Like I said, just putting the bins out was a real random one. One lads cut his leg from putting the bin out because there was glass in the bag. Um, and yeah, they was on the shin and couldn't wear a shin pad for two weeks. And just little things like that, you just like, yeah, it's cool, very, yeah, very, very ran random. Back, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. random. Yeah, I think he blamed his wife.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as we would have done. And you mentioned confidence, Ben. Have you seen that in your your squad? You seen
6: that confidence grow? Yeah, I think I've said to you guys before. It's not. It's not. Any stage for like a football club where there's doom and gloom or a change room where we're like, we've always felt we're really close. Yes, when we went to Tranmere and got beat three and we lost lost at home, a couple of games. You're disappointed and you're down and and we've had to do a little bit of dig deep, to search a little bit um, to try and find solutions. But we've generally felt we're capable of winning games we just ultimately we've seventh the best defensive record I think it sixth be sixth after the other night defensive record in the division we just haven't scored enough goals so you have to believe in the process and believe in coaching methods to get there and try and believe in your players as well especially our transfer window and I you know, hope, hope they come and we're we just seeing the start of it I do hope so we're regular scorers now um, and once we do that we know, you know we will climb the table but if, every Every point, every three point haul you get, breeds that confidence, and that started at Hartlepool in the second half. Where we weren't very good. Second half, first half we were, second half we weren't. But we got the clean sheet and the point, and then we won two home games in a row. Can't ask more to play in that.
1: Kick-off tomorrow is at three. Don't forget, you'll be able to follow the action on the sports pages of Kent Online. And finally, one of Britain's most successful motorbike racers, Phil Reid, has died at his home in Kent at the age of 83. His family say he passed away while peacefully sleeping in Canterbury yesterday morning. He was best known for winning Yamaha's first World Championship title in 1964 before going on to win four more. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get access to the ad free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk. slash subscribe and whilst you're on the site today you can check out the latest review from our secret drinker who's been in seven oaks plus if you head to the my kent family section you can read all about the incredible youngsters who've been honored at this year's kent's children's awards that's all from us for this week we'll be back with the podcast on monday
0: news you can trust this is the kent online podcast